Well, thank God. Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold podcast is excited about season three and more fabulous guests. We've been talking with and sharing stories, experiences, and laughs with singers, songwriters, musicians, and independent artists in continuing gospel music at its gold. The guests on this show have tirelessly been on the battlefield to bring God's word through song, deed, and action. We also present tribute shows honoring those whom are no longer with us physically, but have left a legacy of gold with their contributions. We hope to continue bringing exciting shows and present great episodes and growing your knowledge in gospel music and its gold to keep you coming back for more. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. I want to thank my guest, Nate Martin and SIGN members for participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Nate Martin and SIGN actually is singing in God's name, began in 2016 in the birthplace of gospel music, and that is Chicago, Illinois, and quickly became loved throughout the city for their youthfulness, energy, and passion for God. In 2017, they released their first single entitled, Not Too Hard, when Nate was only 16 years old. And in 2018, they held their first recording at the Powerhouse Chicago, pastored by Archbishop William Hudson III and Pastor Andrea Hudson which was released the following year with the album entitled Sign Language. And in 2020, the group received an Eddie Award for Album of the Year. Nate Martin and Sign recently returned from a three-week European tour through Norway and Italy in January 2023. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Hey, everybody. Hey, there. Now, I would like everyone to go around and introduce themselves and what part you have in sign. Okay, I'll go first. Um, (laughs) I mean, I feel like it was very self-explanatory, so I just wanted them to go ahead. But um, I'm Nate Martin, and um, I'm the, well, you just read what I did. (laughs) But um, no, I started sign, and um, I guess I have the purpose of leading and uh, giving the vision for the group so that's my role okay either of you ladies okay Okay. um i'm zaji nixon um i'm a soprano in the group and i'm also one of the founding members so yeah that's great okay hi my name is tiana menzies and i'm an alto in time okay now i'm going to ask a real intricate question who does the choreography? I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know how that, like, I feel like it's collective, but y'all might be able to answer a little bit better than me because I feel like it's been so long since we really, it's, it's a vibe. So I'm, I'm going to try to let them want to do. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Ty. 
No, just what you said. It's a vibe. Like if we see somebody dancing and we like the movement, we're like, okay, and it just happens, you know. And it sticks. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely a collective effort. Okay, because I was I was watching the video. I said, oh, I can move with them because you know, uh, I came up during the generation of uh, when New G was getting started, and I was singing in a different choir. We didn't have those kind of moves, but New G, they would get down, and I'd be. By the time I got finished with the first song, I probably would be breathless and passed out. But I was watching the moves (laughs) that you all make. It's it's like in unison, like you're all thinking about it. But I was like, I wonder if they choreograph that, or if it's just uh, getting into the mode of the music. So. That's pretty that's pretty nice. I like that flavor because you can tell the unison work in that. And I'm going to ask, I know that because this is your vision, Nate, when you go to the old school songs, where does that come from? Um I feel like the gen or the era or generation I feel like I was born into, like we had the old music available to us and the contemporary. So I feel like we're kind of, I don't know, I kind of feel like this is the best time to be alive, like for gospel music, because we get to see every aspect of a traditional, like, you know, contemporary, like I said, quartet, uh, praise and worship. Like, I feel like when, in the early days of gospel music, we all knew what gospel sounded like, but now you can turn on a gospel station and you can almost like, get anything um but that being said like in my early years of growing up that traditional gospel music is what I heard I feel like that was almost like the turning point of it turning to like a new era of gospel so um yeah I was pretty much brought up on on having the best of both worlds both traditional and contemporary so um of course church like churches are the most important place to hear (laughs) traditional gospel music so I would hear that at my um childhood church and um like records i have like a whole collection of vinyl records and stuff so i hope about traditional gospel music just in the house you know at church <laughs> all the other good stuff so how did you get the group to get in the groove of that can any anybody else sign, talk about that how did you get into the groove of that or is that just something that when you joined the group it was like okay this is what they're singing so i'll vibe with that well i say that um definitely once um like sign in the beginning like sign we started out singing like not traditional you know old church music but choir songs you know hymns we we're not a stranger to it definitely um and as time went on i think nate got everybody else in the groove of doing it by like making it fun for us. And most of the people in the group are like preachers, kids. We grew up in the church. So like, it's, it's familiar. Okay. All right. That is, it's good to see uh, at the era that I am, I'm I'm several decades older than all of you. I know that. (laughs) So to hear a new flavor of that, I was listening to the calypso beat of the Lord is my light. 
And I'm like, man, what a twist on that. And just tell me how you felt when you first heard the song, because I, I know how it was originally recorded, how it was originally written. And then to decide to put Island or Calypso into that. Um, okay. I can't even tell you the first time I heard that song, but going to fellowship and, you know, being around the Festival of Roses and Mama Lou's traditional choir, like the Lord is my life. Even though it wasn't recorded by fellowship, you would have almost thought it was as much as they sing it. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was like, yeah, this is amazing. Like seeing this 200 person choir and they're singing this song, like Lord is my light. And it's very simple. Like it's a scripture, but I feel like um, for me, even remaking this song, I feel like a lot of gospel music today is very wordy. I don't want to say all of it, but I just like to make stuff that's like, you can sing along to it. Because mm -hmm. um, I kind of feel like that's also a disconnect between the former generation and the current generation is that, you know, a lot of them can't sing to our music just because it's, it can be very complicated, but I love, you know, crowd participation. Um, so I'm like, you know, I wonder if I could do something with this. And I kind of gave it that praise and worship feel um, so that, and it's always my goal. And I feel like sign is very good at bridging the gap between contemporary and traditional anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, as you said, we're, um, well, we're all, we were all born in church, like born and raised in church. A lot of them are PKs. Um, and it's just like, it's in us. So, you know, putting that spin on traditional music isn't really hard because we already like it. Okay. Okay. I, I love the fact whenever you can take something that was old, I'll just use that. Uh, one of the shows that I did was on, on the song, Oh Happy Day. And in doing my research, because I do research before I talk to people or before I do something, I found out that Oh Happy Day was actually written in the 1800s. And it was written as a hymn. And then Edwin Hawkins took it and it just blew up. So when you look at the richness, I call it lyrical. I love lyrical music because it tells a story like your your song king of the wild i listened to that you didn't think i listened to that did you <laughs> i listened to it and i listened to the lyrics of the song i love lyrical songs because it really takes you in and pulls you through a story as opposed to uh a story of or a song that has seven words in it that's not telling me a real story it's not right. it's not really pulling me in and i'm going to sh shoot this to Tiana, what is one of the songs that you all sing that's very lyrical that you enjoy? Um, this isn't, does it have to be released or does it? Which, um, whichever. It's the song called This Is The Day. And it's not very, it's not really lyrical, but it is lyrical as my words in most of our songs. And it's just, I really enjoy that one. Um, that one, and definitely King of the Wild. Like, my first experience with King of the Wild was when we were on tour. And uh, not my first experience. My first experience being emotional to King of the Wild mm. was when we were on tour. And I'm so sad that it took me going out the country to really feel the power of that song. But it's really, it's well written. Like, sometimes it just takes a moment. And you'll just be like, wow. He's control of everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of 
every situation. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to preach, but that that <laughs> thing. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> we are here to have a conversation. So if you feel like you want to do a little preaching, go ahead on. <laughs> so taking you going out of the country in order to really feel that. Talk to me about what how that transition. Come on now. I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna dig deep. You said how that transition said again. How did that transition you when you what made you think of that when you were out of the country as opposed to just being here in in the States? So we sang it our first night there. We sang it and it just gave me an appreciation because like at that time I was going through a lot of stuff at home. But then to get out of what I was going through at home and to be able to have the opportunity to say, wow, God, you're still good in another country while I'm doing something that's still serving, like honors God. It just kind of just, it just blew my mind. I'm like on stage thinking, I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> they might not be used to this, <laughs> but I just literally started crying. And then this, this I don't, I forget where we were, we might've been in Norway. He was like, I just saw a glow on your face and said, baby, that wasn't me. That was all God. <laughs> <laughs> And that is what, that's what gospel music is. I think it's a transformative style of music in the sense of it brings you to the goodness of God. And some people, I know years ago, some people said it's entertainment. You all know the story about Thomas A. Dorsey. When he first introduced this music, the style of music to the church, people were very adamant about allowing that music in the church uh, they thought it was the devil's music or what have you but it was put lyrically to the word of God to scripture so it took a while for gospel music actually to really generate any kind of speed even uh, for Mahalia Jackson people didn't want her coming in the church to sing they didn't want her singing that so when you think about what gospel music and that's why I talk about the gold of gospel music now, does anyone, in addition to Nate, write any of the music or any of the songs? Everybody get Okay. There, well, I mean, there have been times where, like, majority, no. I think that everybody's, like, pretty understanding of, like, wanting the sound to be, like, consistent because of the brand that, like, comes with being an artist. Mm -hmm. But um, we don't really, like, even write songs together. Like, for me, I can't even, like, write a song on the spot. Like, it just has to come to me. I don't ask to write songs. Or, like, somebody asks me, can you write a song for me? I'm like, no, not that I don't want to. But I really, like, can't. Like, it has to be. It just has to. Like, my process doesn't work. Like, those songwriters, I can get together in a group and co-write together. Um, not saying that we would be opposed to that, but we were not like a songwriting group, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's we, good. Now, what I will say is that maybe not in the sense of songwriting, but in the sense of somebody starting like something during a song, like some of us will also catch on to that and we'll like add stuff to the songs that are already written. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. You know, because sometimes people they only want to be the writer. They don't want people to participate in the creative process. 
And it's wonderful to know that taking bits and pieces, it's almost like cooking, right? When you when you're cooking a stew, you can't just have one note. I said, we went someplace and they said they had gumbo. So we tried this chicken gumbo. It wasn't. It was chicken soup with rice. They didn't put all the mixings in it. So I see the, and and I started off when I, I first started is I watched you all. There's a concert that's available. And I watched this concert and I am very, I try to be very observant about things and I see the flow and the mix and the transition. Now I'm going to ask you this because this is really an interesting thing. When you transition the mic, you don't signal people right away. You just turn and they come up. Do you rehearse that? Um. Well, I mean, we kind of know what's coming next. We always know what's coming next. So, um, yeah, they're, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> they just know when to come up. Mm-hmm. And even like on on tour, um, we did 90 minutes every night. So everybody just knew, especially about like a few days in, a weekend, like you knew when it was your turn. Ain't no sense in making no no big scene and, and acting like you're not next because we all know. <laughs> We've been doing this for like two weeks. Please don't start acting funny now. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, that everybody knows. What you say? Time, don't so. don't act new. Don't get up here and act new. <laughs> yeah, no, don't act brand new in another country, child. <laughs> <laughs> because you watch. Sometimes you'll watch a choir or a group, and it's like the director, it you know, has to almost prod the next vocalist to come up. You know what's going on. You know the you know what's laid out. What you're going to do, and do you rehearse like that? during your rehearsals? I I don't think so. Like, it's just kind of, if you know the set list, like I always let them know what we sing first, second, you know, third or whatever. Whenever you see your song, like you just know to come up. So, and they'll always know in advance, like what the order is. So yeah, I don't think that we necessarily practice it in rehearsal or anything, but like I said, they just know when it's time to come up. Okay. Who leads Nothing Too Hard? The one with the Nothing Too Hard shirt on. Uh, come on, <laughs> come on, Nothing Too Hard. I won't talk to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you that I, I do a little research. I don't do a lot because I want to, I want us to have a natural flow of a conversation. But that was recorded in 2017, correct? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. See, I'm 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 checking things out. I'm checking things out. And I listened to the 2017 version and then the live version in 2023. I think that was in 2023 or 2022 when you all did the live concert. 2022, yeah. Can you tell how your voice has matured from that point till now? Um, yeah, definitely. I was, I was a little girl when we first did the first Nothing Too Hard. Like, I didn't, I was just typing lines on my phone that rhymed and went into the studio and sang it real quick. So I definitely, yeah, um, see how my voice has changed and matured since then. Now, who gave you the ad libs? Did you make those yourself 
or did you have some help? The first time we did it, I wrote those on my phone myself. When we did it live, I just got up there and sang to the glory of God. Okay. All right now. Because you you know who is the ad lib queen in Chicago. You know who that is, right? Who? Sang with Cosmo. Diane. Oh, Jesus can work it out. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm listening. I'm like, oh. Did she get pointers? I think it's fantastic. I love to hear people get better. And as you get better, you it, it flows so much easier. And you can tell the maturity and the growth. So I just wanted to let you know, I heard that. I, I was listening. I listened close. I tried to and understand. I think it was it's fantastic. Now, let me ask you, is that your favorite song to lead or is there another favorite that you have? Nothing too hard. Always going to be my favorite. <laughs> but um, my favorite song is the song right before the reprise on the album, Jesus is Lord. I love Jesus is Lord. <laughs> that's my that's my jam. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Tell me why. Um. I think it incorporates a lot of musical styles. Um, like Nate said, you could turn on the music on the radio now, like on 1390, and hear anything. It's not just traditional gospel. Um, and the words, it's just, it's just a good song. It was just well written, well composed, just everything about it. Um, the band that night when we sang it live was just on and popping. That's just my song. The dance moves, the energy when that song, when we hear the like. The first, the first, da, 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 da. we be like, this Jesus is Lord. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely my song. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, uh, Tayana, what's your favorite song? Um, it's, I probably can't say all of them, but pretty much all of them. But I really love. I know that he lives. I know that he lives. Just get it. Just get it. It's just something about it. It just getting me. <laughs> it's just that one. I know that he lives, um, for sure. And I really love. I really love my music. I do. I won't lie because it is. It's a. It's a continuation of home. I really love holy right. Holy is well written. All of them are well written, but really holy is the main Okay. All right, Nate. What's your favorite? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and piggyback off what Zaji said. Um, that Jesus is Lord, I got something on it. Like, <laughs> um, it's very like she said, there's so many genres incorporated into it. You got like somewhat praise and worship, then you but you still got like a good structure of a song, like you still got chorus, verse, chorus, verse. You got a band, which also gets like choir, when you get to the reprise, it's getting like funk and like Motown a little bit. So it was just like, and then, and then it got nerd to have a little quartet in there for like just a little while. And I'm just like that, but no, nah, like a lot of that stuff, especially that song, I know they can, they can tell you that before that night, that how that song was supposed to go was supposed to be totally different. And it was not, it, it just turned into like immediate Holy Ghost magic. Like mm. if I could describe it anyway. <laughs> um, but it was just, yeah, so Jesus is Lord. The verses are, I feel like, can I say that they're well-written, y'all? Like, I just, I feel like the verses are well-written. <laughs> I just, um, 
And then, because it tells a story, um, it's very poetic, just like King of the Wild. I think King of the Wild would be my favorite song that I have written as, like, lyric-wise. Um, and Lord, I Love You, That's those words are, like, very, it's, it tells a story as well. Um, and then we added, and see, it's not ours, but we, we started doing a version of this song called Miracle Worker. And for some reason, it's one of those, it's another one of those songs that has, like, the, well, the remix that we have done of it. It's another one of those songs that we've like put the Nate Martin and Sign spin on it, and you're getting originally. I feel like Miracle Worker was is only a, a worship song, but now mm-hmm. you're getting the worship song, you're getting the praise and worship aspect of it, and then you get like I feel like it's something that's been created that I'm not even I can't even name to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just churchy, and then again, like some quartet in there. I'm just like, I don't know how we be infusing all of these different things in, in music, but. Um, I feel like it's definitely a gift because if I can speak on my own group, I feel like it just makes us unique. It makes us stand mm-hmm. out. Like there are a lot of aspects of our music um, that I feel like even the traditional aspect of it, there are people that are still longing for that sound that is, I feel like has been missing for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say I've seen other parts of the country because one thing about Chicago is we're going to have church regardless. I feel like Chicago never lost that sound. Um, but I feel like as far as radio and streaming and stuff, just you know, kind of getting that that part that's that's been missing for a little while. Um, people are more um, people are really accepting our music, mm-hmm. like and the uniqueness of it, just because of the fact that it's something they've been longing for and something that they didn't even know that they needed in one. So yeah, it's very inclusive. I will say that because, like I said, I'm sitting here listening. I'm like, oh wait a minute, is that a Stevie Run? <laughs> is that a Stevie Wonder Run? <laughs> so people who yeah. love music. And no music when you're listening. And like I said, the Calypso, and then you bring in the African drums at some points and you come in and you're listening to this. This is an explosion of culture to me uh, because you get tired of hearing the same old draggy stuff sometimes, or you get tired of hearing that, you know, churchy hand clapping stuff. You want to hear some transitions in music. And to me, that is great musicianship because you are now incorporating so much more into it, not only lyrically, but musically. And it keeps the ear on edge because we don't know where you're going next. So let's say you were invited to do a concert, but people had never heard you. How would you present to your new audience, which of course you did when you went to the Europe, uh, the European tour. But let's say we're in the States and you're invited to a concert and no one had ever heard of you. Um, my approach is if it's a church, I'm always like, look it up, see what their vibe is like, see what kind of songs they sing, just to get them, even if I've never been there, just to get familiar with what they do, because it's important to kind of not compromise, but also meet them where they're at in a sense, just because like, but then again, on the flip side, they know who they're inviting. Like, I feel like the person who books you, so you don't want to change nothing about yourself, but still, like, I feel like because we have a catalog of songs that could fit in any situation, it's always good to study the place that you're going. Um, and if it's somewhere that's like more, you know, if I see someone more traditional and, you know, they like older music, um, sometimes it's good, just good to start out with something that they know whether that's a hymn or an old choir song. Um, 
you know, here at least I would I would try to start with something that they know or that I know that they would easily be able to catch on to, um, which is also why I just like making things that even if you don't know it, you can sing along to it by the second time we come around, that we come around to it because that's just that's just how our music pretty much is. Um, even like, of course, at the vamp, we're a vamp group. So like when we get to that, just don't act surprised. We've been saying Jesus for 20 times. So just catch a note. <laughs> and <laughs> so I just feel like it's already we're already prepared for those moments of um, an audience not knowing us just because we're big on participation. Like you shouldn't depend on people, but it just makes it better if you're involved with us. So we don't make it hard, you know, for you to get with us. Like the energy is there, the music is there. Um, and then it's because it's so mostly of, most of it is like call and response. It's already an open invitation for you to join in with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. You study before you go. So you'll learn. So let's say it's not a church, but a festival. Okay. And this is, and this is their first time putting on a festival. What would you open up with for a, uh, what do they have? I'll, I'll say one of these crazy festivals that they have, uh, maybe um, one of those farm festivals where they had the hall calling and all that kind of stuff. So you're you're in a southern area and they say, we want you to come to sing gospel music because people in our area haven't heard gospel music. I feel like and I'm being put on the spot. So, you know, this could be a wrong answer, but I'm thinking of the region that you just named. I'm like, okay, it's giving country or like, you know, I would sing something that's pertaining to the region. Um, and if it's like, you know, a festival, like a major music festival, let's just say like, I don't know what happens, like Lollapalooza or something. Let's just, you know, just as an example, I feel like knowing that the crowd's going to be mostly younger, we could sing something like Jesus is Lord, where we know like they're going to be like, okay, this is actually pretty good. But I feel like it's based on it. I, even if it's a festival, I feel like we still know the demographic or the region of it enough to know that this works. This is appropriate for this event. I love the way your mind works. Because you never want to walk into any situation and not know what to do or how to do it, but you do your research before you get there. And that is very helpful, especially with a group. Now, you've been around since 2016, so you've been around for a little while. But when you when you think of it, it's still kind of new to a lot of other people and how you have to formulate and speculate. Now I'm going to ask, who chooses your outfits? Um, I, I mean, it depends. Mostly me, but I'm never going. I'm, <laughs> I'm never going to like you know. If somebody doesn't have it, then we make a collective decision. I'm always going to start with, "Do y'all have you know oh. X, Y, Z?" Mm-hmm. Um, but. I feel like as of recently, and and like one of our major things this year is focusing like on branding and just making sure that, you know, every aspect of us is good, like wardrobe, you know, notes, um, like the way that we present ourselves online, whether that's social media, um, you know, just in general. So wardrobe is very important, especially, and we really learn this overseas, like they they really look at, you know, like what you wear, how you're coming. So, um, I mean, 
And then I also I also decide on that based on once again the event or the church that we're going to. So if it's a if it's a youth event, you know, we kind of know, you know, t-shirt and jeans, we might see like, hey, does everybody have the nothing too hard shirt, for example? And then we all wear that. But if it's like first Sunday, like we just did um an event at Bishop Huston's church, well, the girls actually got a custom-made dress, but it was black. Like we know, you know, what churches typically wear on first Sunday. So it's not, it, it actually it is hard to pick sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they will let me know if they do not like something that I have decided as far as uniform. Yes. So um, it's, it's, I see it Tanya out of nine. But it's, it's collective, you know, it's collective. Cause if it's a no, it's just a no. Okay. That's good. Uh, I, I attended a church that someone tried to talk me into getting into the choir because I, when I retired, I retired from singing. So they wanted me to join the choir. And I told my husband, I was like, it looked like every other Sunday they got on something new. <laughs> I'm not going out and keep buying no wardrobe just to sing in a Sunday morning choir for a few minutes. Come on now. <laughs> so ladies, I'm going to ask yeah. this. When Nate comes up, because I saw Tiana, I saw her head just nodding. <laughs> when he comes up with a an outrageous outfit, what do the ladies do? Do you get together and, and talk about this and say, who's going to go to Nate and say, no, no, brother, we ain't doing this? Sorry, I was going to say, okay, Nate really don't want to have like, well, to me, that just might be me. When they don't really have outrageous ideas, it's just sometimes like we might not have this. And like you said, trying to buy a new outfit every time. I'm like, wait a minute, can we do this? But it's it's he has a it, it pretty it really is a moderate idea. I will say that sometimes we have our own interpretation of his ideas, and it don't be yes, it. no. So, <laughs> So we gotta come together and say, "Hey, let's do this." But that don't it don't always work out how they envisions it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really the really fun thing because or funny thing. Um, and I had a group at one point, and the idea was for us to have these really nice blouses and stuff. So we found this lady to make these blouses. We given we had given her enough time to get these done. We were still at this woman's shop the day of the concert, waiting on, and it was only seven of us, waiting on these blouses. We had given her three weeks, or a, it was almost a month. We had given her three weeks to get seven blouses. And we were sitting there the day of the concert, a few hours before the concert was supposed to start, still trying to pick up the last of the, of the blouses. So it does get cumbersome for ladies when it comes to outfits men I think can just walk in to a store pick something up off the rack and say yeah that's me women can't do that <laughs> I don't know what made me get on that but I just thought that was that was funny now I want to ask you about something that you all recently did uh, I, I want to talk about the tour well yeah I'll talk about the tour now you were invited on a three-week European tour. Talk to me about that. Anybody can jump in. Sounds like she got something she want to say. Go ahead. Um, I just feel like for 
sign for this group. That was like such an accomplishment. Like, you know how, um, like, you, you know, you'd be working for something so hard and all these years, all this time, all this effort, and you finally get to what you, like, you know, the goal of, that you've been trying to reach. I feel like that was it for sign. Like, of course, we're going to do more. We're going to go above and beyond because Nate Martin is our leader. Like, <laughs> but um, uh, I feel like it was just such a, uh, it was such a treat for us. It was, it wasn't even like, oh yeah, we have to go on this tour and sing. Like it's work. It was just like, no, like we were ready to to go across like the world and minister to these people. It was just such an experience for all of us, I think I could say. Okay. I'll kind of add to that. Um, once I just saying like, after you feel like you've been, you know, waiting for certain stuff to like come, I think the most important part about this tour for me was that nobody had asked or even thought about touring internationally. Like it just kind of came to us out of nowhere. You know, like it's just mm. like, we didn't even, I feel like we had goals for last year, but going on an international tour was not one of them. So I just, I'm just, you know, since my pastor's birthday today, just shout out to Reginald Sharp Jr. <laughs> um, he really will do more than you ever expected. Like, I did not expect that. So just imagine something happening for you outside of your expectations that is like, and I think that happens to us almost every year because we're like, oh my God, how are you going to top this? But then somehow... Like, it's something that's going to top what you just did. And it's like, Lord, like, mm -hmm. I'm only 21. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, if, if if it's like this before, you know, 25, I just, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just excited about where we're going to be, like, you know, in the, in the near future. Because clearly, it don't take that long. <laughs> like, it that's kind of what I'm saying. I, I don't, I don't want to preach, but it really don't <laughs> take him long at all. Because I think we found out about the tour last summer. And it didn't happen until December, but I don't know. Six months is not a lot of time to prepare for nobody's tour. Mm. Um, we really went because somebody else couldn't do it and they referred us to do it. Like, so, you know, that door just kind of opened itself for us. Mm -hmm. um, and only, you know, imagine if that person could have went on that tour. I mean, we're, we're just grateful, honestly. I, I can't even, you know, explain it, but I just know that was one of the best times of my life. And it, it, it was kind of stressful at some points, not, you know, just because it had to be, but that was our first tour ever. We had never <clears throat> toured in the United States. So like, wow. not that they weren't assigned. So your first tour being three weeks, night after night after night, back to back in two countries that most of us had never even been to before mm -hmm. was just like, it, it could get a little stressful because you had to wake up. You know, we weren't, I know I'm not used to getting no three hours of sleep. <laughs> I'm just, I ain't gonna lie to you. That's not me. Like, my people know, y'all know I take a nap almost every day. Um, and I'm you not, too young to be napping. Me. Listen, I'm sorry. Life be lifing. So naps need to be napping too. But um, yeah, like, yeah, that, that's just something we didn't have to do. But get into like singing in front of those hundreds or thousands thousands of people some nights that were just grateful and they didn't have a problem telling you that they were grateful like about you coming um for them to not even speak the same language as you primarily but to be singing the songs that you're singing in your language um they didn't you know now some nights they will sit there and look at us but I promise you by the end of the night like they were up and they were clapping um so some of them you know they were new to it so we couldn't be like oh y'all don't like it you know y'all not standing up or clapping 
mm-hmm. but you have to make it where they can participate. So even if they don't understand clap your hands by us clapping our hands or by us, you know, like moving or whatever, you know, some of them will be trying to shout some nights. It was, it was just real, <laughs> you know, it was like you said, it's very inclusive. It's not just inclusive to the country. It's not just inclusive to people that like gospel music. It's inclusive to people that have never heard gospel music. Um, and those people just made it worth it to get up and get on a flight or a train or a bus every morning. Like, yeah, it was tiring. Yeah, it could get exhausting, but we didn't mind doing it because we knew that we were making an impact on their lives. So, okay. and I feel like a lot of times here, sometimes it's easy to feel like you're not making an impact on like people. Cause I feel like here they will, you might actually make an impact, but they won't tell you. And so it's just like going somewhere where you feel like Michael Jackson, you know, it's just like, <laughs> thank you for telling me that. Cause you know, I feel like after, like as you said, after six, seven years, you want somebody to tell you thank you, you know, or like that really touched me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my little thank you for listening to my TED talk on Europe. <laughs> well, you know, uh, like I told you, I came up in a in a different era than you all did. And there were times when a choir would be in the middle of singing. This happened in Chicago on a regular basis. And if the audience did not like what you were singing, they would get up and walk out on you. If they didn't like what was going on. And you turn around, the choir's in the middle of singing a song, and people were getting up and walking out in droves. Chicago was notorious for that. And so I understand what you're saying about appreciation, because sometimes people don't appreciate you until you're gone. And that's the wrong time to appreciate somebody. You know, uh, I've, I mentioned this to someone before. My mother always says, give me my flowers while I yet live. And it's not to be honest with you, it's not taking anything away from you to tell somebody you did a good job or I really was blessed by that. I really enjoyed what I heard or I enjoyed what I saw or experienced, even if it's just a little bitty, some kind of acknowledgement to know that you are doing the right thing and that maybe what you're doing is actually reaching people. Because the main thing in, uh, Zanea mentioned this, is that Zaji, I'm sorry. I told you my mind was going. <laughs> Zaji, I'm sorry. I apologize. I do. But it's okay. Where you mentioned about touching people, you want to make sure that you're touching and reaching people because somebody doesn't know God. Someone has never heard the word Jesus other than thinking about him being a prophet. So you're standing there as part of what your name is, singing in God's name. That is in itself powerful. Just just thinking about that, you're singing in God's name because you want to reach God's people and God's people live everywhere. (laughs) So when you went on that, when you went on that tour, did you... I just want to know for myself, did you scream and holler <laughs> or did you say, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, are you talking about like our reaction to it? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. You... Oh, okay. I thought you asked me, did I, <laughs> I thought you were asking, did I give them a good scream or holler? And I was like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Um, cause the answer to, okay. I was gonna say the answer to both is yes. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't, I didn't, I feel like I had that, that, that level of excitement. Um, just because it was something we had never done before. Like I said, we've, we've toured with artists. Um, actually, all three of us have toured with Charles Jenkins. 
but we haven't toured as, hey, we started this. We really put in the work for like the last, you know, some of us four, five, six, seven years. Like, it's good to finally be able to see. For us, it was more than, oh my God, we're going overseas. It's finally getting able to see, finally being able to see like the fruits of your labor. Like that's mm-hmm. just, just powerful to see something like that. Um, and I definitely had that that exciting moment. Also, you know, they tell me all the time, like, sign is my baby, because I really did birth this thing. So I don't think that I could have ever imagined when I was like 14, 15, starting this group that anybody could have told me that in seven, even though that feels like a long time, but I just, I don't know. I feel like I knew we were going to go somewhere, but you couldn't have told me that this would have been it. And mm. I feel like that's also kind of why I'm glad that like, I feel like life is a journey. Like life is a, um, and there's mm-hmm. lots of surprises that come your way. And this is one of those things where it's like, I'm glad nobody really told me that this is how it would have been because it just makes it, you know, one of those moments that you're just extremely proud of when it does come to you. Okay. All right. That is wonderful. Now, how many people went on tour with you? 12. Well, I was, um, I made 12, I guess. There was 12 <laughs> of us in total. There were, um, were there eight singers? Yeah. Yeah, there were eight singers. Um. I was, of course, the lead. So that was nine and then three, three musicians. So yeah, there were 12 people that went. Okay. Now, this is something else that I heard because, you know, I listen. Your group sounds like a choir. There's such good vocal control and the singing and the quality. Some choirs, it takes a lot for them to get to that point. Some groups, never reached that point do you all have vocal training at any time anybody can answer go ahead John. um i think most of us have been singing our whole life so that that really that helps and when we don't realize it, when we just be playing around on our free time, singing or in somebody's restaurant, just singing together, that really like that time is really important because that you know it gives us time to like blend and bounce off each other and listen. And that vibe, that same vibe that we be joking and playing around with kind of carries when we get on stage and in front of people because we just we family. So it just it just happens like that. It just, you know. I, and I think that that's really important when it comes to like blending and sounding like a, like a group and really sounding good. Just the relationship that really matters. Okay. Okay. Now, there was a word that you said that I, you know, I'm lingering on is you say you listen to one another. You know, you hear people that, that sing and you've heard those people that can only carry a tune in a case. And they're standing next to somebody who can sing. Do you think they're listening? <laughs> We're not calling no names, so it, it's not, you're not going to offend anybody. Wait, what do you mean? Like, right, do you mean like tone deaf? Uh-huh. Like, you tone uh-huh. deaf. That's just, I think that's something, that's just, a, that's a disease. <laughs> that's just a, you can't control that. <laughs> but, I don't, I don't think a lot of people know to listen, if that makes sense. 
Okay. It, it does make mm. sense because you have to listen in order to know where you are. And when you listen as a singer and not just sing, because you while you're singing, you should be listening as well so that you'll know, okay, this is where I need to go. This is my next step. This is my move. And the reason why I ask that is because for breath control and vocal training and in lyrical control, meaning learning how to roll certain things and how to uh, use vibrato correctly. I remember this person I used to laugh at all the time because whenever they put vibrato in their singing, yes, the head, the neck, the jaw, everything. And I'm like, okay, but you don't need to do all that because your tool, your gift, your treasure is in your throat. So that's why I asked that. It is. You don't have to do all that to get vibrato. And I mean, this person, you would think that they were having seizures at one time because of the way... <laughs> <laughs> the way they were doing that so i i'm coming to this point of vocal control how do you train vocal control nate i'm gonna just go back to what zaji said we spend so much time together and we could almost impersonate impersonate everybody in this group like so it, it it stems from the relationship and the friendship, like and when we're together. If we like, if we're if we're singing or going back to the point of you talking about listening, because we can listen to each other in a conversational style. I feel like it's easy to listen to each other in a musical style. Um, but like as far as like vocal training, like I don't know, we're just so locked in. I, mm -hmm. I feel like there are people, and I'm I'm not gonna proceed, but it's just like <laughs> the groups. It's like a lot of people that sing in a lot of different groups, like but it's the same people. So mm. one of those groups where like a lot, a lot of the people in this group only sing with signs to a certain extent. So, you know, we don't have to like bring something from another, you know, aspect of another group or choir and mm -hmm. try to like bring that here or vice versa. You don't have to switch up. Like primarily, this is what we do in the group. So it's just easy because we're, we're so locked. We're always around each other. We can always, you know, talk to each other. Um, and it's important, like, you know, to have that family connection. Because mm -hmm. that, once you have that, I feel like that that heart connection, you're going to have that musical connection. So it's not, it's not hard at all. Yeah. I like what you just said about that, too, is that people think that singing around in different groups, choir hopping is what we used to call it, that you can actually learn that style you remember I told you at the beginning, I was around when New G first got started. And I, I used to like to watch them, but I sang in a different type of choir. And I thought at one point when one of my friends, she wanted to sing in New G and she said, well, why don't, why don't we go and uh, try out for New G? And I was like, I don't really think I can do that style and then come back and sing this, this style. So that's important to know as well is that when you do hop around to different places and you sing it in everybody's choir, you don't really get the actual style or sound that that director or that leader is trying to get. And there's a difference in singing in a choir and a group. Groups are, everyone has to be self-dependent and they have to learn how to 
work with the group together. So that is, I like that. I like that. You all are giving me some jewels. I'm telling you. <laughs> now I'm going to talk about what you did in June, 2022. Tell the audience what you did in June, 2022. Not kind of look a surprise. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a, we had a live recording. So the album we just released in October 22 is from a recording that we did in, in May 21. Um, it was our fifth year anniversary, but that album is called King of the Wild. So like in last year, it was actually supposed to be an album release concert that we did in June 22. But we had so much more new music that it became a part two to that King of the Wild original recording. So before the first King of the Wild album was even out, we we recorded King of the Wild 2 at the at Lincoln Park Zoo uh, last year in June. And um, yeah, that was that was very special. Mm-hmm. So tell people who might not know what Lincoln Park Zoo is. Well, I mean, it, we know it's a zoo, but tell us a little bit more about that. That's why I was asking you about the different atmospheres that you sing in. Tell a little bit about that. Um, well, first, I like to be out the box. Like I said, like Name Art and Sign is very unique. We do things that when we try to do things that are innovative and creative. Um, and a lot of like the things that I tried to do last year and they could probably tell you like the things I've talked to them about doing this year are very outside of the four walls of the church just because there are some people we have to be real that will never come to church. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they were church hurt or, you know, whatever the reason is, that's not an excuse for us to not still go try to reach them. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a place like, Lincoln Park Zoo, which is like one of our two zoos here uh, in Chicago. Um, I feel like that was a space for maybe even corporate people to come or um, families, you know, they used to know come to church. There was, there was a dinner there. Everybody loves food. Like that's, you know, <laughs> so, but that whole concept of the zoo, of course, the album is King of the Wild too. So, um, and I just thought it would be different. I thought it'd be something that we hadn't done before. And there are a lot of, you know, after the pandemic, or I would even say pre-pandemic, there's been a little era of, I feel like people are just looking for somewhere to go. People are looking for somewhere to go and like dress up and be elegant, like have on like this elegant attire, this formal attire, tuxes and like, you know, dresses. Some people, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's, I feel like one of those things that, that black people can really hold on to as the people is that we dress up when we go to church or that was like part of, that's always been a part of our culture. Like we've always taken pride in how we look. Um, so that was just one of the things I wanted to do was just get outside the four walls of the church. Um, I thought the zoo would have been like that place, which it was. It was so beautiful. And, you know, we had never, that was something that people had never seen before. And we might be the first that have done that. <laughs> so okay. like, I've never heard of that before at all. And the people really enjoyed it. Um, we were able to honor um, some people as well, um, record some older songs and some new songs. And people were able to walk the zoo before the concert. And it was just, it was amazing. It, you know, we couldn't go to Africa. We had to bring Africa to us. So okay. that's what we did. <laughs> all right. All right. That is, I love that. I love that. I love when people think outside of the box and bring something fresh and new rather than everybody sitting and doing the same thing. Always try and go outside of the box. I love it. I love it. And I am just excited and ecstatic about you and your group love the fact that our paths crossed because i you know i'm gonna keep up (laughs) 
You might see me. You might see me one day at a concert, and you'd be like, "Is that who I think that is?" Yeah, I'll pop up sometimes. I do, but I just want you to. I have enjoyed this conversation. I hope you all have enjoyed the conversation. Anybody got any uh, last words before we ask? And now I always ask people to tell me what you got going on. What's what's happening next? So any anyone want to have some last words before we tell the audience? Uh, what's going on next and how to get in contact with you. You're on mute. You're on mute. I see Tyana's lips moving. <laughs> oh, she said she's good. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Um, Just this little encouragement, like based on everything that we said in this conversation, I just kind of feel like it's just important to just always hold what that dream is that you know you're supposed to be doing like it don't matter how slow it might seem like it is or like you might not be where you think you should be but it's always maybe something that god is like holding you for preparing you for um but just like i don't know i just feel like everybody well no i do know like trust me trust me when i tell you <laughs> um but um i just feel like it's it's important to just hold on to um you know what you're doing and, and to be sure in that, because it's going to be a lot of negative opinion, a lot of negative comments, a lot of people that don't like what you're doing, but none of that matters because you're doing it for literally one person. Like, yeah, you know, I appreciate that my friends are doing this with me, but if they all up and walk, I still have something that I need to complete that that hasn't been completed. And I also want to say, like, that could also be a, an issue that we have right now as a community or the gospel music community is that it's not enough consistency or we're easy to give up. And I feel like a lot of the people, they will tell you a lot of people that we started out with are not here anymore, you know? Mm. So it's just kind of like, you know, what, what was it because it was something that you were supposed to be doing or, you know, was it because, you know, God told you to do it. And I feel like it should be a good balance of both. Like I'm, I'm doing sign because, you know, I know this is, what I'm supposed I, this is something that I do want to do. I love music, but I also love God. And I feel like both of those things always go together because ministry is not about you you know even if you don't feel good one day you still got to put that face on and go out there and i mean always take care of yourself but you never know who out there really needs you so it's just important to you know just not just never walk away too fast because you don't know like if we had if i had quit you know when times that got hard years ago we would have never been on nobody's european tour so you just mm. don't know what you could ever be holding yourself from but that's my don't give up ted talk okay <laughs> anybody else Come on now, I know you got some. Come on, some. Um, one thing that I really respect about Nate is um, I would say despise not the days of your youth. And a lot of people have these ideas and these dreams at the same age he did, like 15, but they never go after them because of fear, because of finances. And that's one thing I really admire. Like he never let those things deter him. Because I know sometimes the money was not there. But the faith was there. <laughs> the faith was there. And he followed like the main step that Jesus gave us. People think that is Jesus's main teaching was to repent and be baptized. It is to repent. Please don't, 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 don't get that. In <laughs> but his main message was to follow him. His main message was to seek ye first the kingdom of God. And mm -hmm. that's what I really feel like Nate did. Like put God first and all those other things were added. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't really have anything to say, but just to piggyback off um, 
Tayana and Nate, basically what they both saying, like, it don't matter what it looked like. If you're supposed to be doing it, God's going to make sure that it gets done. So, um, like Nate is saying, hold on to your dream. Hold on to what you know. It's, you know, you know you're supposed to be doing. And follow God. Mm-hmm. That's all he requires. That's all he requests. That's all he wants you to do. And the rest is just going to come. Because if you're following his path, his path is what is what your destiny is. Mm-hmm. So, everything else going follow, gonna to follow right behind you. So, that's, that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you so much. And what do you have next on your plate to do at this time? And how can people get in contact with you? Okay. Well, we, I feel like this is going to be the year where we're just like, we have a lot planned. But, you know, the way things be coming our way, it might be some more stuff that we didn't even plan. It might be coming up. But um we have an album that's already out that just came out, King of the Wild, uh, came out a few months ago in October. Um, when we talk about the concept of Zoom, so we're finishing up the King of the Wild 2 um, album, overdubbing and everything. So we're, we'll be finishing that this year. So that's that's one thing that's next. Um, two things that we haven't really talked about publicly, but we're trying to start something that's like very community-based. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Well, let me say this as well like I, i've always said we want to get outside the four walls of the church so um we're starting this whole we're going to try it out next week at, at a school we're doing a um, black history month presentation on gospel music like you mm. said there's, there's a lot of people that don't know what gospel music is or that they've never heard it before i don't even know that there are actual careers in it so i feel like for kids whether in elementary school or high school hearing that gospel music you know can really do something for your life as a career and as a you know, as a person can kind of inspire them to, into a career that they, nobody has, nobody, you know, comes to schools like for career day saying, hey, be a gospel artist or or that's, that's beneficial. But for that to come from somebody, you know, your peers or somebody that may be a little older than you, that may be a little, you know, impactful. So um, we're starting at one school next week and we're trying to get some other schools lined up to bring that presentation to. Um, I'm graduating this year and I'm very big on black students going into music education so um we're in the in the first steps of starting a scholarship for black students who are going into any music field um right now it'd be undergrad um and we're you know we're going to be trying to raise money for that so please when y'all see that you know invest <laughs> um and then uh well and then uh we're also trying to do a grant we're also in the starting process that first which will probably come a little bit after the scholarship um, for Chicago gospel artists in you know in the city. Um, with us being so young, I really do feel like there was a need for somebody that could have helped us. Um, whether you know we were always trying to do stuff on our own, mm-hmm. so it would have been nice if there was a this grant that we're trying to start now. If there was a, a fund available for you know independent gospel artists that may have just been starting out that didn't have the money to do the live recording that they wanted to do or the um or a photo shoot, you know, everybody needs professional photos. I, don't, I feel like there shouldn't be anything that holds you back. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, there are a lot of people that may have, you know, be the same age as we were when we first started, or even older. But you know, these things cost a lot of money. So that grant, we're trying to also get, you know, I'm just saying, it people does. Start, gospel, start a new career or passionate at any time. Um, but you know, yeah, all these, all these things cost money. And I just think it'd be good for us to go back and invest. Um, and we're not, you know, the, the rich richest group or anything around here because you know we all let me tell you if y'all look at my account right now um <laughs> but you know like like i said we're all pretty much in college or working to try and do both 
but I don't think that should stop us because there's, you know, there's the money's available. And if mm-hmm. we can just get those people, the right people to invest into a scholarship for black students going into music education into a, a field of music in undergrad or um, you know, local gospel artists in this city, at least to start out with, who knows it might expand. Um, but people that are just starting out to be like, hey, I really want to, you know, brand myself. I really want to get a, a website. Um, can mm-hmm. y'all give me like a loan of like two? Well, yeah, can can I get a, a grant like $250, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Like that, those are the things we're really trying to work in, like the outreach, the the community aspect. Like we love singing and that'll never stop, but we've done that. Everybody's done that. And and it, we don't have to stop doing that to, you know, add on. So I feel like after a certain amount of, of certain amount of time, you should always want to grow, add more things mm-hmm. and and um, like I said, we're not exactly where I feel like we might feel like we should be right now because, you know, I think this group really got it. We we have what it takes to like, you know, if a record label ever came to us and was like, hey, like, I feel like we're there, but we still have that that aspect of us that, that wants to help people, you know, even where we're at now. And when we grow, we can help people even more with maybe larger amounts of money and stuff. So that's what's coming next. Um yeah, just just getting more involved in, and I can't wait. I feel like it's gonna be really good and beneficial for students, local gospel artists, and then while I was doing our, you know, presentations on gospel music, just making even the people that may already be in this industry aware of what it took for mm-hmm. you know gospel music to get where it's at. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that because people do get places and they forget how they got there and what it takes to get there. Even if they just give you a word up, is that a, that's an old word. That's an old term. Cause I always crack it on my husband when he say word up or something like that, <laughs> but to give you a level up and we're always looking to help one another. And I think that is fantastic. So I want to thank my guests, Nate Martin and side members for participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send an email sharing your thoughts about this podcast segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you would like to hear on the show, send an email to Let's talk to GMG at gmail.com. That's let's talk the number two GMG at gmail.com. You may also like and share the podcast, or if you subscribe, you'll be notified when the latest show is published. And what's new with Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold is we have a radio show now that is on WMRMDB internet radio station which comes on saturday mornings at 9 a.m central standard time 10 a.m eastern standard time i am your host and sonia saying let's sing let's shout and tell of the great news through gospel music gold until the next episode take care and god bless Lord, you say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, everybody, say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everybody, say, let everything.
This episode has been sponsored by Nelsie IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, Contact us at 708-762-3587. That's 708-762-3587. And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan. Mm-hmm.